Hi, my name's Clayton, and you're listening to the Isaiah 43 podcast, where we explore how God has formed us, redeemed us, and how He calls us today. Each week we will journey through Scripture to understand all that God has done and what exactly His call is for our lives today. This is week 22, an apologetics week. As a reminder, we are spending each of the apologetics week in the month of June facing LGBT issues, questions, and typical comments that we generally hear when engaging with activists and progressive Christians. By discussing these issues with you, we can shine the light of Jesus into the darkness of sin and bring more people to know the truth. Now, last Apologetics Week, we examine a claim made by Brandon Robertson. Robertson claimed that the historical story of Lazarus being raised from the dead was actually just a metaphor for Jesus calling LGBT people to come out of the closet. During that week, we saw that his claim was just total and complete nonsense and essentially blasphemous. This week, I had a a couple of different topics in mind. Ultimately, it came down to which one more people encounter in their daily life. For that, I went with the claim, well, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality. The more I thought about that claim, the more I realized that I had heard that argument almost more than any other argument regarding homosexuality by LGBT people. Truthfully, this argument can apply to so many different areas. When we take a moment to think about these claims, think about how many times we've heard arguments like, well, Jesus never said anything about abortion. Jesus never said anything about worshiping him. Jesus never said anything about politics. Jesus never said anything about drugs. The truth is that Jesus did say things on this topic. Sometimes you just have to dig a little for it. When people engage with these arguments, they commit a logical fallacy called argument from silence. In an argument of silence, someone forms a conclusion based on the absence of historical documentation rather than the presence. Using this argument, they allow themselves to practically get away with anything they want because they can claim that Jesus never said anything about it. It's no different than if I came up to you and said, well, you know, Mr. Rogers' favorite TV show in the 1980s was Quantum Leap. Truth be told, we don't have any evidence to support that. And from what I can tell, Mr. Rogers never said anything about his favorite TV show. Or another example would be someone pleading the fifth and the legal team betraying that as a proof of guilt. However, when we look at what Jesus had to say, we see it is different from these examples because the truth is that Jesus very much did have something to say on these topics. It just might not be as direct as some would like, and perhaps there's a reason for that. However, before we begin today, let's take a moment to pray and open our hearts and minds to this discussion. So, let us pray. Father, who art in heaven, thank you for this day. Thank you for washing away our sins. Thank you for sticking by us even in the darkest of times, even when we have gone our own way and rejected you. Thank you for just all that you do all the blessings in our lives, and we pray that you will continue to lead us, guide us, and direct us in all things for your glory. And Father, we pray that this discussion will open our hearts and our minds to you, that we will be receptive of what your word has to say and what your son taught us 2,000 years ago. Lord, I ask, I ask humbly, Lord, that you will open our hearts to just receive you and receive your grace and your mercy so that 
today and the next day and the day after that. We will just be recipients of your grace. We will shine, our faces will shine, our hearts will shine to the people around us, and they will want to know why we have such a hope that we have in you, Father. We just praise you and we thank you and glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so if Jesus commented on homosexuality, where can that be found? Do I know of some secret passages of Scripture that have been lost over the centuries? Well, no. <laughs> no, we see that Jesus comments on marriage. He comments on how God designed the world. He created male and female in the beginning. So to examine that, we have to return to some scripture that we orig- originally read back in week 16. That would be Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. In the following verses, Jesus comments more on divorce and other topics, but we are only concerned with the first six verses regarding this discussion. So once again, we'll be reading Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 6 from the English Standard Version, or ESV. Now when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? He answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Now, it would be so easy for us to walk away from these readings and say, No, now wait a minute. I thought you said that Jesus said something about homosexuality there. Well, Jesus does, but it's not as direct as you may think. See, Jesus is talking about marriage. He is saying that the only God-honoring sexual relationship is heterosexual, not homosexual. He affirms that God created all creation in a specific order and in a particular way. He intended things to be a certain way. God meant marriage and relationships between man and woman. Based on these teachings, we can see how God intended all marriages to be one man, one woman, faithful to one another, and towards God. Again, when we dive into what apologists have said, we'll see why exactly Jesus did not need to come out and directly condemn homosexuality. But for now, we see that Jesus clearly says marriage is only between a man and a woman. Therefore, same-sex relations are still sinful. They are not pleasing in the sight of God. While more could be said on this, now is an appropriate time to explore what apologists have had to say on this topic. The first apologist I want to look at is a famous YouTuber, Mike Winger. You may know Mike Winger from his YouTube channel that shares his name. In his YouTube videos, he often addresses popular claims, tackles apologetics issues, and encourages people to think biblically. He currently attends Hosanna Christian Fellowship Church in California, where he is listed as a teacher on the website. Now, as I said, Winger has a YouTube channel. In one of these videos, titled, Don't Act Like We Don't Know Jesus' Opinion of Homosexuality, Winger lays out various points on why Jesus never needed to comment on homosexuality. Without repeating the whole video, 
I wanted to hit some highlights and summarize each of his points to the best of our ability here. First, he starts off by saying, quote, To think that whatever Jesus didn't talk about means that it's okay, means that beating children is okay, means that putting car bombs on your neighbors for having barking dogs is okay. It means that all manner of strange and weird and sinful behavior is okay because Jesus did not specifically address it. Jesus didn't say anything about using cocaine or pot, slavery, incest, or spousal abuse. We can't just assume everything Jesus didn't talk about he approved of. That's silly. End quote. From there, Winger begins to list several reasons why Jesus didn't need to address homosexuality. He states the most obvious reason that the Judaism of Jesus' day condemned homosexual practices and behaviors. Our Lord wasn't clearing up controversy or anything like that. He simply just stayed silent. As he explains, Jesus probably didn't need to comment on this because he believed it was already being taught correctly. He dealt with the issue he wanted to change and stayed silent on what he was fine with. Sort of like the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. His next point is that we don't know what Jesus didn't say. Not every word Jesus ever spoke is in the Bible. This isn't something that should make you feel uneasy. As John 21:25 says, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Winger's third point in the video is that Christ believed the Old Testament. And if he had been asked on the issue, he would have quoted Genesis or Leviticus as he so often did. He draws his conclusions about the rightness and wrongness of men and women and what they should do with one another based on Genesis 2 and 3. And lastly, the fourth and final point from Mike Winger that I want to bring up is that Christ is God. We have scripture in 1 Peter that says the Spirit of Christ moved through the scriptures and led the apostles, prophets, and other writers of the Bible to write what they did. As we've seen before, Christ would never contradict something that the Bible condemns because he would contradict himself. Furthermore, he notes that even Christ's apostles condemn the practices and behaviors under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The next and final apologist that I would like to talk about today is one that I disagree with regarding various aspects of theology. Not all, just some. However, that does not mean that he has not done some good work otherwise. This apologist is Evan Mitten of South Carolina. There's not much more that I know about him other than what his about page on the website Cerebral, CerebralFaith.net says. Mitten has an article on the site titled Three Reasons Why the Jesus Why Jesus Never Said Anything About Homosexuality Argument Fails. We will briefly go over each point. First, Mitten states that Jesus probably didn't talk about homosexuality because he didn't have to. As we saw with Mike Winger, the argument is similar in that Jesus believed and affirmed the Old Testament. Jesus was a first century Jew who preached to mostly Jews during his three-year ministry. The Jews were already aware of this. Minton says, quote, While Christ would pay for the sins of the world and be a light to the Gentiles, he left the spreading of the gospel to the Gentiles up to his disciples slash apostles, end quote. Furthermore, Minton adds, quote, The Old Testament spoke against homosexual practices 
and the Jews often heard the Torah preached in synagogues. Jesus didn't have to teach what his hearers already knew. If Jesus was preaching to Gentiles, that might have been different. End quote. Men's next point in his article is the one is that one must look at what the entirety of Scripture says on this topic. From there, he he makes lists. He lists several New Testament verses condemning homosexual practices, like Romans chapter one, First Corinthians chapter six, and First Timothy chapter one. And lastly, Minton points out that this argument that Jesus never said anything on homosexuality commits a logical fallacy. So from there, I think it would be appropriate to quote what he has written. Minton states, quote, The argument that Jesus never preached about homosexuality, so it therefore must be okay, commits a logical fallacy known, and, known as argument from silence. Jesus never talked about pedophilia, bestiality, or racism either. By this logic, one would have to conclude that these things are okay, but that's crazy. Obviously, pedophilia, bestiality, and racism are moral abominations. This shows that just because Jesus didn't talk about something, that doesn't necessarily mean that he condoned it. Now, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying homosexuality is just as bad as pedophilia or bestiality. My point here is that just because Jesus didn't say, X is wrong, don't do that, that doesn't mean he's okay with it. By this logic, you could sanction all sorts of things. Jesus didn't talk about throwing feces at old people, so it must be okay. Jesus didn't say not to kick puppies, so there must be nothing wrong with kicking puppies. Jesus didn't say not to say the F word in church, so let's say the F bomb a few times during service. Jesus didn't condemn child sacrifice, so there must not be anything wrong with child sacrifice. This is absurd. The argument is an argument from silence. You can't build a case on the basis of what a source doesn't say, only on what it does. End quote. And as we wrap up today, I hope this episode has helped you and given you a good understanding and argument against people when they say something like this. Maybe it won't always be on homosexuality. Perhaps it will be applied to other topics. But I hope we gave you a good starting point to combat any way people might use this argument. Now, I have one more thing for you before ending this week. This month, the month of June, has five weeks. So that means, next week, we will have our second special guest. I'm excited for the discussion we will have, and I hope all of you will enjoy it too. My only hint for the topic of next week is in the form of a riddle. The riddle goes like this. I happened in the past, and I cannot be changed. But I can be repeated. I can also be learned from. What am I? Well, if you have an answer, feel free to send us an email at theisaiah43podcast at gmail.com. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless. <laughs>